as hairdressers, we honestly, we're the worst. We wouldn't spend a ton of money on hair. That's the problem. Yeah. If we had to go and and I just shifted to this with like within the last couple of years of actually spending money on my hair. Hi everyone, I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. Hey everyone, have you heard of Card Shears? As a cutting specialist, they're now the only shears that I use. Their patent-pending zero-gravity tension system makes cutting easy and effortless. Card Slide technology creates zero drag in the hair, which makes my job a hundred times easier. Card has shears for wet and dry cutting, and shears for all of our lovely lefties. Besides making amazing shears, they provide their clients with supreme white glove service for shear maintenance and repair. Tap the link in our episode description to unlock a permanent 20% off all of your Carg Shear purchases. Let's face it, one of the most ignored aspects of our industry is business insurance. Which is why we have teamed up with Guild, G-I-L-D. Whether you're looking to open a salon and need property insurance, or you're starting your own LLC, Guild Insurance offers fully customized solutions. Guild is shifting the insurance space by offering new methods to keep your business respected and protected. With Guild Insurance, you can salon differently while you embrace new and improved business practices. To learn more about business insurance for creatives, visit yourguild.com slash DTH. Raise your hand if you have felt personally victimized by ripping box tags and saving them in a container, only to have to count them at the end of your day or on your day off to put together a color order that comes up short. We all have, which is why Salon Scale has made this easy. The Salon Scale app will keep track of all of our color used, down to the drop, and give you a suggested color order list. No more under-ordering, no more over-ordering. Head to salonscale.com slash DTH to see why thousands have joined the Salon Scale movement. Use code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off. Today, we're talking about emotional discounting. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of the biggest problems we have in our industry. If we were to make if we were to make this a topic on Clubhouse, we would have 200 listeners yeah. live because this is the most common mistake. Discounting in general is the most common mistake. Yeah. Emotionally discounting, I think, kind of just helps us understand where it comes from and why we do it. What's the difference? Discounting is kind of like, in my opinion, discounting is like industry norm, like, oh, you want business, you discount things. I think they're both reactive, for sure. Oh, yeah. One of, most I, businesses. I need to be busier, so I need to discount. Right. Or Which is emotional reaction. I'm afraid to state my worth, so I'm going to emotionally discount. Just to clarify with everyone, when you discount... This is a conversation we have with our students all the time because emotionally discounting is the one thing that gets in the way, and they won't even realize they're emotionally discounting when they're emotionally discounting. And that's what's so harmful is that there is a lack of awareness and reasoning why. And so we try to get people to like shake up and wake up to be like, what is the why behind why you're charging this? Or what is the why behind the reason they came in to sit in your chair? And that's that's what's lacking. So the second definition of discount, which the first one is to reduce in price. Mm -hmm. The second one is to regard as being unworthy of consideration because it lacks credibility. Oh my God, can you say that again? Okay, so (laughs) the discount, the second definition, is to regard as being unworthy of consideration because it lacks credibility. So every time- I'll take a moment of silence to just- (laughs) (laughs) 
No, like when you discount something, there is an unworthiness. Like, oh, it's not worth it. Yeah. It, so when you ha- when you charge $100 for something mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it's on sale for 75 it sends the message to people that when you charge 100 it's not actually worth that. Yeah. It's really worth 75 mm-hmm. And so once you start sending that message enough, then you start basically telling people like, I'm lying to you about my pricing. Like it shouldn't be this. I'm just price gouging yeah. when I can get it. So if you're a student at, at DTH, we never discount. There's no holiday discounting. There's no, there's no reactive discount. There's no discounting at all. This is the price and that's it. It's so funny because people are so focused on like, I need to offer a value to my client. So they think offering value is Let your client cut their own hair and they will forever find you valuable. (laughs) Well, that's the thing too. It's like the value is your presence. The value is the experience you're creating. The value is your talent. Yeah, you're already freaking valuable. That's why you have a clientele. You wouldn't have a clientele (laughs) if you were not valuable. So let's just solve that. And also people are deciding if you're valuable or not in their own realm. Mm-hmm. So if someone doesn't value hair, then why would you discount to get them to va- why are you trying to get them to value something they don't already? I like my hearing. dad's never going to pay $100 for a haircut. No, and that's okay because not it's gonna, not valuable to him. It doesn't mean you're too expensive. Exactly. Does I'm not going to discount so that he can feel more comfortable about what I do. It's you're not my client. Exactly. And I think that's what people are missing. They're like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm too high of a price." And for, who? For, for for certain people that don't value that, it's true. But we have to also be like, I've seen people say a hundred dollar haircut is too expensive, but then spend massive amounts of money on other things, <laughs> uh, money on other things, shoes, things. Woo! So that's the point. Right. We cannot decide what people value spending their money on. And it's either going to be you or it's not going to be you. And discounting is just kind of like the convincing game. Like, let me try to get people that don't want this. Let me try to get people that don't want this, Mm -hmm. which is already like, what is, I think about all the stores that I get my clothes from. Like I have my specific places I get regular things from. I don't like wait for discounts because I don't, I mean, like if I buy and there's a discount available, I'll use it. But if I buy and there isn't one, I'm still going to buy it. Yeah. We all have that. We all have things that we're like, this is, this is where I want to spend my money. Right. Because to me, when something's discounted, it means it's less valuable. So like even on Broadway, they'll have discounted tickets. And I'm like, I don't want the discounted ticket. I don't want to sit in the discounted ticket area. Yeah. Like if you're someone who can't afford a, a better ticket and that's what you can get, then that's great. That's that's where you're at. But if you're so, like, I don't Well, that's want- a whole scenario in itself because it's they're choosing to spend their money where they find value. And it's just the experience of going to the show. Right. Where then they probably have other areas in their life where they spend $500 with a hairdresser. You know what I mean? So, like, that might be the thing. And it's it's great to have those opportunities. But when you look at, like, how many hairdressers are just in a radius, there are choices. And that's what's so awesome. Right. It's like we're not all charging the same amount. I think there's also a big conversation and I think we got to take it on, which is, like, I have to be affordable. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not, I'm a bad person in society. Yeah. There's guilt there. Yeah, like, you don't have to be affordable to everyone. That's not, affordability is not a requirement. Well, you know, it's one thing, we always start off more affordable, right? Early in our career. Yeah. But our careers naturally evolve. There is expenses that are required. There's in, you know, everything has increased in pricing. Like, we have invested thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in education, time, clothing, tools, all of these things. 
our natural progression is to increase and cap out. Mm-hmm. That that has to be the goal, whether it takes 20 years or 10 years, you know, it's going to get to that point. And I think people are missing that understanding is you do not have to stay at the same price point forever because of the guilt of charging more. The whole idea is you cannot make more if you do not charge more, if you if you don't sit there and think, who am I really trying to attract? That's why we tell why? people to open salons because now they're not – They're taking all that business that they spent 10 years building and now sharing it within their business with other people. I just got a new customized booking website. That's genius. Yeah, Gloss Genius. Gloss Genius has one of the lowest processing fees in the industry at 2.6% with no hidden fees and free same-day deposits. DTH listeners get their first month free on us as well as your very own stunning credit card reader, an $80 value. To sign up, visit dth.gossgenius.com. That's the whole point of opening a business is to spread out the wealth, mm-hmm. right? But I think I hear from so many people like, I'm if I charge that much, then I'm, you know, I'm getting rid of a whole demographic of people. And it's like, yeah, yes. That's not really like you're not a social worker. Yeah. Like you're not, the goal isn't always to be affordable or to be, uh, be available to every single person or to always be in a place of helping our society in our American society just isn't set up that way. That's a capitalist society. You move up in a price bracket, you're moving up in a different economic bracket. Now how you use that money as you move up, that is a choice you make, but mm, you could be a billionaire and do nothing with it. Or you could be a billionaire and, you know, keep six figures for yourself and share the rest <laughs> with building communities and building experiences and building opportunities. Right. And I think that's what people, there's so much you can do. We're trying to change the younger generation, especially specifically hairdressers, to think differently on how they use their money. We are in a capitalist society, which we have no control over. So we need to learn to play the game to be beneficial, not only to build our own wealth, um, so that we can provide opportunities for everyone in our community. Like one of our coaches didn't really want to do hair behind the chair and she wanted to be able to offer more. And so in order to do that, she had to scale herself out. She charges $500 an hour, which she was trying to create a space that if you want me, you're going to pay it. And if you don't, that's okay too, because I'm not trying to do People hair. People still pay it. People still pay it. Uh, and what's awesome is that- And she's in Wisconsin. Yeah, for- all those being like, well, that's New York City. It's yeah. not. But what's awesome is she did that because now she has a profitable business where she is in a safe financial space. And she has this charity where she takes um, teenagers that are in horrible situations and gives them haircuts and colors yeah, for free. Yeah, I think they're foster children. Yeah. And yeah, she does their hair and her, yeah, that's her whole thing. It's called the Highlight Project. Highlight Project. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, but she would not be able to offer this if she wasn't in the space of thinking bigger as a business and being profitable. Right. Now, she could keep all that money and financial success and do nothing with it. Right. But instead, now she's in this place where I can give my time now to the communities that need it. I think that's the important thing, too, is that when you start discounting, you, you're just chipping away at the years in which you should be actually accumulating wealth. You're not, I call this like, you're Grouponing. Mm -hmm. You're trying to get all these people that want a discount. In my opinion, when you get a discount, people then, you train people that you will eventually do it again. Now, if you do something for free, 
you do, I don't think people think that you can do things for free forever. I think they know yeah. like, oh, this thing is free. It's, it's a moment in time. It's a, it's for a charity. It's whatever. But I think when it comes to discounting, it's like, that's a different, that's a different problem because now you're training people that like, oh yeah, just wait for the next discount. Mm-hmm. And that's what Groupon did, which I think was, when it first came out, it was such a, for those. Because they don't find it valuable. Because they don't find things valuable or they're looking for a deal. Or they're looking for a price point. They want a $65 haircut. Right. And they want you because they've seen your influence in the world on social media or whatever that is. And so could they go anywhere and get a $65 haircut? Yes. But if they want you and your haircut's 85 and you're offering a discount, now they get you. And then do you want those people in your chat? I mean, have- Or they don't come back. They don't come back. For the next price point, because that was never their value. Their value was 65 And that's okay. That's their right to spend right. their money on whatever but they want. Don't get mad that you told them that you your value is 65 but then it's really not. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where it's kind of disconnecting. I also, like, I think of people that look for discounts. There are people in the world that just look for discounts. Everything has yeah. to be discounted. We've all been to dinner with that person where you go to dinner and then you start like, okay, well, I had... The mm-hmm. I had this and I had this, but I didn't have the and like there there are people that just don't want to pay. Like when I go to dinner with friends, we just all split it mm-hmm. because the value isn't in the food; it's the experience. It's in just like being with each other and whatever that means. Now I know, like financially, if someone can afford something, that's a different conversation. But if it's just simply like the discounty mentality of like I'm only going to pay what I think something is worth, those people are kind of annoying. Well, you also have to look, again, everybody values what they spend their money on in different areas. So the people looking for discounts doesn't mean that there isn't an area in their life where they will absolutely spend their money. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's a home. Maybe it's I see people spend so much money on their vacation. Like, I have friends and clients that are like, I'm going to spend $5,000 on this vacation, but I'm going to cut out A, B, and C, Mm -hmm. right? And that's fine that they want to cut certain things out, but that doesn't mean we all have to keep up with what they're cutting out. And so I think when we emotionally discount, it comes down to like, I think with hairdressers, it's like, if you don't pay me, it means you don't like me. Yeah. Does that make, I, yeah. Like if you don't, I'm supposed to like fit into your pocket somehow. The other thing I see too is like, this person's been with me for 10 years. I need to, I can't charge them what I charge now. Yeah. And then you raise your prices $10 and they leave you. Or they or they want to pay you. Yeah, either or. It's like, yeah, they've been with you for 10 years because they love you mm-hmm. and they like you. and They want to see you grow. Why aren't you giving them the chance to like, I don't know, like if I was had someone doing my hair for 10 years, which I don't think I've ever had in my life because I'm just surrounded by hairdressers. But if I had like a relationship with someone for like 10 years. We've also moved a ton. <laughs> I think I would want to keep paying that like I would want to keep paying someone that I invested in as they grew because I get it like you're growing like that's the whole point I always say when when there's a price raise involved we put so much weight on I don't want to do this because my clients are loyal because I care about my clients because they care about me and then then you gotta ask yourself like is that all that true because yeah we raise our prices and then they're aggressive I can't believe you would do this to me manipulation right my favorite client growth experiences are when you say I'm raising my prices and they say I'm so proud of you but that's out of my financial budget 
Right. Do you have a solution or a recommendation for me? It's sad. It's part of the process. But that's someone that truly cares about you as a human being. And if you have a salon, then you're like, yes, I've trained these people. You can stay within my business. This is for renters. If you are a renter, you're just losing it. Mm-hmm. But if you have a salon, you're not losing it. Or a lot of our sol- our suite renters have a, a stylist that works in their space on the days that they don't. So basically, they're able to pass down those clients, which is great. And their business as an overarching umbrella still profits. Share the wealth. Share the wealth. So I think when people discount, it's coming from this place of, I think it's like I don't want I don't want people to be mad at me. I don't I don't want to lose people. I don't want people to be frustrated. But the reality is that we have to give people a chance to actually communicate with us. We also get out of their pockets. We don't get to decide. Oh my gosh, I have to tell you the story. Okay. I <laughs> tell me. <laughs> have told the story multiple times on this podcast mm-hmm. about how I love wine and when I go to a sh- uh, like a wine store, mm-hmm. they always point me into like the cheapest direction. Because I don't know if they think because I'm young, I don't have any money, or maybe they're just projecting like they wouldn't spend money on wine. I don't know what they're doing, but they always will point me in the direction of Again, the cheapest you bottle money of or wine. Not, if you were there, it was to spend money at a wine shop for and wine. You wanted to spend it on what you wanted to spend it on. Yeah. So there's a lot of weird assumptions happening. So I live on the Upper East Side, and I went into this little wine shop, and the woman that owns it, I see all the time, and she's never, we, you know, we talk not very much, but. The other day I was like, hey, I'm looking for, you know, this type of wine. This is what I like. I don't know wines per se, but I just know what I like. And she said to me, how much do you want to spend? And it was the first time that I got to answer that question. Mm-hmm. And I said, actually, You're like, I'm not looking for a $500 bottle, <clears throat> yeah. but I'm not looking for a $60 bottle. I'd said, I, I said, I actually, I'm not really concerned about the price point. I said, I really just want you to show me what I'm describing, what bottle is it? Mm-hmm. And then I'll decide. Is that valuable? Is that valuable to me? And she showed me like different price rates. She didn't really look at the price. She just kind of like pointed out which ones she liked and then left me to decide. Yeah. It was the best. Exp- it's such a big deal because I. Well, it is. And we don't give our clients this opportunity. Yeah. When someone comes to me in a consultation and I say, this is how much I charge. They're either going to say, yes, I want to move forward or no. I don't. And that's their right as a human, but it doesn't mean that you are wrong for charging what you have created in your business to be valuable. It's just them deciding, do they want to be a part of that experience? Do they find it valuable? And is hair even something that people, some people don't find hair valuable. That's okay. Like You're crazy. I know, right? (laughs) I would spend (laughs) money on someone really knowing how to do my color. Even, Even at that point when I like when I think about when I was younger, I still thought that way. My financial budget was a little different, but I would spend the money to the person that I found valuable right. and spend the money on the things that were going to give me the thing that I wanted. Would I spend money on bags like and things like that? No, because that wasn't valuable to me. Sid spends money on following... Coffee, coffee, coffee. coffee. Well, <laughs> yeah, both of us do that. But I would say you spend your all your money on um, following... Tegan and Sarah around the country. Oh my God. <laughs> that was 10 years ago and I'll never live it down. But that was va- going to concerts was valuable. Oh, Sid I, wasn't just going to concerts. She was a groupie. <laughs> she was literally like in route like to like every Tegan and Sarah concert <laughs> ever existed. Got to the point where For they would wave at Sid. Out there that they would wave at Sid and say, Sarah, Hi. I know I'm not alone. So whatever. I they see would, you at the next concert. They would see <laughs> Sid and wave. Like, yeah. hey, Sid. <laughs> they know me. <laughs> that was the level. 
that that was it. It was me and my friends. Now, yeah. if you ask me if I'm going to spend money on a concert, absolutely mm-hmm. not. Okay, well, now as an adult, I would never. I don't I'm believe like, that. I I'm don't like, believe that. I watched Lollapalooza on Hulu because, <laughs> and I lived around the corner from it. Like, I literally could. Well, that's because of COVID. Okay, that too. But still, I, would, I don't want to go to that. I loved watching it from my couch. So for me, like, if I were to go to a concert, I. The value of a concert for me is not actually the music. Mm-hmm. It would be like a private area where I, I can't sit in a crowd. I can't, I'm just not a crowd person. Mm-hmm. And I've been invited, I live in New York. I've been invited to really cool concerts. And I will say no. I'm like, well, where are you all sitting? And they're like, oh, we're in the, what is the, I don't know, where you stand up and it's the front. The pit? Whatever that is. The floor. I'm like, I absolutely not. Yeah. Like, I was like, if you want to. But some people pay thousands of dollars for that experience. That exactly. I don't value. That's that. the thing. We cannot place what we value. <laughs> I just did it. No, I, I'm saying like. No, I just did exactly. That thing. Like on other people, like as hairdressers, we honestly we're the worst. We wouldn't spend a ton of money on hair. That's the problem. Yeah. Let us introduce you to one of our favorite product companies, Reverie. Reverie is hair care for all humans, no matter your hair type. Their clean and innovative formulas nurture the integrity of your hair for unrivaled results. Reverie is made intentionally in California, paying attention to detail at every stage of the process. Their mindfully sourced vegan ingredients and environmentally friendly packaging showcases their commitment to creating alchemy in a bottle. Reverie was created in 2011 by Garrett Markinson and continues to be a family-owned and operated business to this day. Tap the link in the episode description to get connected with our friends over at Reverie. And I just shifted to this with like within the last couple of years of actually spending money on my hair. But yeah, go get your hair done. From hairstylists versus, hey, can you just do my foils real quick? Or asking my friend, asking you, yeah. like, can you do this? And then it we're never over really time truly diminish. happy. <laughs> like one hundred percent when our friends do our hair. But you're also we're... never really truly able to ask because your friend's doing you a favor. So it's like And you never get the experience of their true value and offer. So we've got to stop like emotionally doing hair. Mm-hmm. For each other, too. We actually shifted of paying each other, like... Yeah, me and Sid pay each other full price. Full price. Like, and all of our friends do this with each other. They're like, well, then it's just going back and forth. I'm like, yeah, but the energy exchange of, like, the value, then it's not like, oh, well, you owe me a haircut. Like, I'm going to pay you this $200 for a haircut, but I want your whole experience that you would give everyone else. Yeah. And you're going to pay me $200 for your couple foils, but I'm going to give you the whole experience of what I would give everyone else. And so, yeah, we just exchanged money. It ended up being free. But right. the point was of I'm going to pay you for the service because I find you valuable and my money is valuable there. I think, too, the 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 biggest thing that hairdressers can do, like you said, is to start going to salons mm-hmm. and getting your hair done and having that experience. Because then you start to remember what the value of this is. And if you're a hairdresser that doesn't value hair, you're going to have a hard time. Charging. Yeah. Because you don't, of course, if you're getting it for free from your friends and it's becoming kind of sloppy and just like, hey, can you do this really quick? Of course, when you go to charge someone $500, you're like, because in your world, it's not the same. It's not, you know, it's not, it's so easy to you. Well, hair is not a necessity, especially in the white community. It is a luxury. Yeah. And, you know, that could not ring truer for the white community, let's be real. And Well, white people don't need to protect, they don't have like protective styles, they don't need to protect their hair. Exactly. So that's the thing. It's like we have to think what 
if someone is coming into your chair, it's because they have actively chosen to spend money within your establishment and your business. And we have to not discount that. And the, the reality is, too, we don't get to decide. If they're talking money problems in your chair, honestly, I just feel bad. I'm like, you should not be getting your hair done. Like, you need to put food on your kid's table. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that. why are we thinking like that? Like, you you have not learned proper money management skills or you're not— Or boundaries. Or boundaries. That's a great one, too. But if a client is complaining about things, and we've all had that client that sits in your chair, complains about money, complains about their financial situations— Honestly, I don't think clients do it to get a discount. I think they do it because they feel close to you and they want to just yeah, they're just talking yeah about their life, and that's okay too. Like think about all the things we hear. But it's not our job to go. But we let, go. Oh, they can't afford us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, to really solve this problem, the answer is just quote everything time based mm-hmm. and in the beginning. And when the woman at the wine store told asked me how much do I want to spend, it was such a clarifying moment of communication between the two of us. Because it changed what she showed me. It changed everything that she did. And I think in the chair... It'll give you options. Yeah. And it took away the limits that she might have imposed on herself yeah. of what she was going to show me. And so I think... But she didn't know you and because she could have judged you. She could have. Yeah. Absolutely. I think in the hair world, we have to start saying... We can, st- we can start asking people, how much do you want to spend on your hair? They might say they want this and they want that and they want this. And you say, that's great. You, what's, how much are you looking to spend? Yeah. This is what I can do. In that budget, in this time frame, we don't give outside of it. We don't give things away. That's why time. You want to spend a hundred dollars? I can do five, five foils around your face and a, a little dry, a dry cut. You yeah. know, like that's why time-based pricing is so important. Because if you're, I'm not going to discount what I do. I'm going to do what I can in the time and price point that you can. And no afford. one is going to get. No one suffers in that that moment because the stylist is getting paid for the exact time. And experience, and the stu- the the client is paying exactly what they want to pay. Yeah, if someone comes in, they're like, "I want to, I want to." I they call them whiteouts. This is a new thing. Have you heard of this? Oh, with the bleach. Yeah, tones? where it's just like white. White. Yeah, I didn't know it's called a whiteout. Mm. I'm not a colorist, if that if it shows. But when someone comes in, they're like, "I want a whiteout. I want all this," and it's like, "Okay, great." Like in your head as a stylist, you're like, "Well, that's going to take me seven hours to do fully." I have to say that. Um. And that's when you say, well, how much are you looking to spend, you know, to achieve the look? And they're like, well, I only want to spend $400. Okay, well, that's four. If you're an, let's say you're $100 an hour. Well, that's four hours of my time. I'm going to definitely need eight hours to fully get the whiteout that you're looking for. So we have two options. We can, we can go ahead, spend all day, eight hours together, 800 bucks, get the whiteout. Or we can do 400 today, get you as blonde as possible, and then... You know, when you're ready, come back for the next session and mm-hmm. we'll get you closer and closer to the whiteout. Done. That conversation is what we're not having behind the chair anymore. No. We're just, we're, someone says, I want a whiteout. And we're I'm like, going to do it in two hours and then it doesn't happen. And then it's a God. Yelp review and then it's, you know, a whole shit show. Yelp review. I wish they would teach that whole. in hair school is just how to communicate better. Well, that's, again, going back to like time-based pricing. When you don't discount, you can do time-based pricing. Because when you, you can't really discount time yeah you can't say oh i can do it less time you can't achieve some things in less time so it just depends on what you can do within an hour and i think when you do time-based pricing it helps you get rid of Mm -hmm. the discounting mentality absolutely because you can't get time back it's not a renewable resource yet no (laughs) yeah not until time not until the musk family 3000 (laughs) figures out how to do time travel i can't wait (laughs) 
<laughs> I remember we Where were, are flying cars? They promised that. I know, right? In Wasn't Back to the Future yeah. 2022 or 2021? <laughs> 2020. Or 2020. Yeah, nothing, no one's flying, nothing's happening. Yeah, one day. And when the aliens take over and listen to this podcast, I hope they find it really humorous. <laughs> and I hope that they don't discount their hair services. Why don't aliens have hair? That's, maybe they do. <laughs> God. That's a real, that's a real topic. <laughs> All right, now we're just losing our minds. Oh, I love it. Stop emotionally discounting, yeah. please. Love you. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast, you're going to have bad reviews. It's just about thinking about who posts more. People that want to do a bad review, those people post more than good reviews. So one of the things that we recommend, because we do believe in going gratuity-free, if someone says, well, I still want to tip you or whatever it is, say instead of tipping me, you ask them, instead of doing that, I'd, I'd prefer that you leave me a review on Google or Yelp, and they'll be more apt to do it because they already want to tip you. 